everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio Classics, where we take a look at a classic episode with some new information. This one was actually recommended by Godrilla. Patreon supported Godrilla, so thank you so much. This is a really interesting episode. I actually can't wait to do some behind-the-scenes information on it. And that is going to be at the end of the episode. So if you listen to the episode at the end, I'm going to let you know some cool stuff that was happening behind the scenes and why I think this may actually be a pivotal Dead Rabbit Radio episode. This is episode 13. Honestly, probably three weeks. Even more demonic rap conspiracy news. And apparently Michigan can be the last place you'll ever be today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, this is Jason Carpenter for Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm back. It's Monday, the 25th. It's not Monday the 25th, it's June 25th. The weather is beautiful, so I don't need any fans. That's always good. I'm always happy about that. Hope you guys had a good weekend. I had a great weekend. It was actually a lot of fun. But here I am back looking at the most ridiculous news possible to have an entertaining entertaining podcast. And you know, sometimes it's easier than others. Sometimes I find some some great topics and other times it's a little rough. I did though, before we get started, I think I have stumbled upon the secret to evolution. I think that I can't really phrase it correctly, but I think I've stumbled upon something that could change everything. Almost like a glitch in the Matrix, and that kind of leads into another story we're going to do. So I was thinking, and it's it's kind of weird. So we hunt, let's take deer, for example. We hunt deer because their their fur is pretty, and they have, like, big antlers. And what if deer started to be ugly? What if they started to evolve to be, like, modeled? modeled fur and busted like their their antlers look all sucky and janky people would be like yeah i'm not i'm not i'm not hunting them anymore well what would happen is you would go to shoot a deer and you'd look at its fur and it would be all disgusting it would look like a hobo deer and you'd you would be like no i'm not taking the shot i'm not what am i going to do with that and his antlers all busted up and so that deer would go home and theoretically have more deer babies. And those babies would be all like busted up. And over time, the big beautiful beer the big beautiful deers would get shot and I'd put their head on my wall. But the one that looked like it was all cracked out, I wouldn't shoot and it could have more babies over time. Now I know what you're saying, Jason, that's really smart, but female deers wouldn't date a, a male deer or a buck, I think is the scientific term, does and bucks, a doe would not date a buck if he looked like he was a meth addict. And that is true. However, I think that they would <laughs> if those were the only ones alive. And I, 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 I okay, so I, the deer, the deer analogy may not be the best, but I think if animals that we hunt were gross looking, we'd stop hunting them. And why don't animals taste disgusting? Like if I was an animal 
And I was like, I'm so tired of my species getting bitten by bears and wolves. Let's be a deer again. I'm a deer. And wolves keep eating me, keep eating like my species. I'm going to taste gross. I'm going to make, I'm going to like start to evolve. So I'm gross, grosser. So when a wolf (laughs) bites me, he's like, ugh. And then, like, runs away. And then I live to have other babies. So you can have it both ways. You could have, like, a busted-up-looking deer that no one wants to hunt. Or a beautiful deer that tastes disgusting. And then they wouldn't have to worry about natural predators. That, I don't know if that either disproved evolution, why animals taste so good, or actually proved that we can make evolution better. That's one of the two. I was thinking about that the other day. I told my friend she didn't get it, but she did have a headache, so I'm going to chalk it up. Not to any faults in the argument itself, but the fact that she had a headache. Because we were sitting in a really hot theater for a while. Okay, there was more to the story than that, but anyway, so she had a headache. So, speaking of glitches in the Matrix, which kind of is, you know, evolution, um... So there is, I, I like I said, I like to cover conspiracy theories that are fairly obscure. There, there are the classics, the ones that I like. I like Bermuda Triangle. Um, I like, I have, a, I really like disappearing um, one uh, conspiracy theories or paranormal events stuff that disappears. Ghost stories are okay if they're out of the ordinary. Like I want to do one on ghosts that have murdered people. I find that fascinating. Just ghost sightings, I don't find necessarily that fascinating. But when ghosts murder people, there's been a few cases where that may have happened. But overall, I like to do conspiracy theories or paranormal events that people don't know about. And one of them is, we did Dublin, Wisconsin. Another one is Michigan Blue Hell. So again, I saw it. They have this huge um, huge image, a graphic of conspiracy theories. And I, we talked about this before. It's like an iceberg. So like the most common ones are at the top. And as you go farther down, they get more and more obscure. Some of them are made up, obviously. Some of, I mean, and, and when I say made up, a lot of them are made up. They're not real. They didn't really happen. But People think they did. There's ones at the bottom are stuff that people just spouted off, like, let's put three words together and see, you know, like, John Tesh nipples. And people would be like, oh, man, what's John Tesh nipples? I got to look that. And it's just, they just threw random words together. Michigan Blue Hell may be one of those, but it's actually, because I've Googled a bunch of them to see if there's any credence to them. And some of them, they have, a, you know, a couple pages dedicated to it. It'd still be nonsense. But Michigan Blue Hell I find fascinating. So, first off, what the term Blue Hell is, it's a video game term. It's the skybox. So when you're playing a game and it looks like it's a 3D game where you're walking through, uh, let's say you're playing Halo, whatever, and you're kind of walking through the valley and there's mountains on either side. You can clip through the mountains. So you can basically move through the mountains through some sort of glitch in the game and then you pass through what you thought was a 3D object, but it's actually just like a a graphic on either side of you, now you're in what's called Blue Hell. It's basically like the skybox. It's the parameters of the game, so now you're outside of where the developers wanted you to be, and you're kind of just in this void. And it tends to be blue, because what happens is they paint the sky blue, and they just basically program a big blue box, and then they put the assets inside of it, and you're supposed to walk that path. But most games... 
you can glitch out if you're persistent enough. So the idea behind Michigan Blue Hell... Sorry, I'm a little parched. The idea behind Michigan Blue Hell is there is a place in Michigan. It's in in an abandoned building that you can clip out of our reality. Now, there's the theory that uh, we are living in a simulation, that everything we see is actually a kind of like a matrix-type simulation. It's being programmed on the fly. And that's why things don't make sense when you look at a macro level and a micro level. That's why the universe seems un- un- impossibly far it's just constantly rendering. It, there's nothing. Once we start going out there, things will appear. But since we're here, nothing's showing there because we haven't really gone there yet. But anyways, that's that's one of the theories. The other theory is that the world is just how we see it. So, but the, the Michigan Blue Hell works for either one. So basically, you can fall out of our reality. Is the main thing. And you end up in basically the skybox. It does fit more with the simulation theory, but... However, so is that likely? Probably not. I do always find it fascinating. I find as much as as creepy as I find caves and forests, and I find both of those very creepy. There's also something very creepy about buildings. You have a you build a skyscraper, you build a even a small, you build like a three story building with ten offices, and knowing that some of those offices are just empty and like the sun rising and the sun setting and just it being that's creepy too i think i find i find emptiness creepy but i also find forest full of animals creepy no i find forest full of animals dangerous but an empty forest is terrifying so a building full of people i'd be like i don't have any problem with these people but being in an office complex by myself being in a library by myself that's really really spooky so, yeah, the idea that you can just, there's a random building in Michigan that you can walk into and just kind of fall out of our reality by no, you know, you didn't mean to do it. You know, there's there talk there's talk that Michigan Blue Hell is related to the elevator game, which is something we may go over in another episode, but we won't. I'll just tell you right now. Elevator game, you can Google it. I'll link it, whatever. It's a game... Where if you hit the if you go on an elevator and hit the buttons in the right order, you can end up in an alternate reality. Like you step off the elevator and you're in this alternate reality. Um, they did a they did a short short film of version of it I think in VHS two or three or whatever. But anyway, so that's the same thing. It's basically a way to leave our reality, which I, again is another conspiracy theory or paranormal event that I find fascinating. I'm going to do an episode. I'm going to do a story on a couple of people who have supposedly come from their realities to ours. It also kind of plays with the Mandela effect. Anyways, where I'm going with this is that apparently also in Michigan there is a story about a native... Okay, I'm going to... Okay, no, no, no. There apparently there is a story in Michigan that in their Native American history... um, they had a evil snake god there, and they actually trapped him in this Michigan Blue Hell area. So it's one of those stories that one may have preceded the other. Either there was the old legend about the evil snake god, 
that was causing trouble in the Michigan area and was trapped into this void. And then someone read that story and they said, oh, that's a cool idea, but let me modernize it and call it Michigan Blue Hell. There's the other possibility that the Michigan Blue Hell story was made up first and then someone went back and made up a story about the tribes because I I really don't know. I'm just reading this on the internet. The most fascinating answer, though, is that they're both true and that is that there was a giant snake god thrown into a void in Michigan. We built a city on it and there's still like a frayed area of reality where you can, <laughs> you can walk into an office building and fall out of the skybox. I mean, obviously, two of those are far more likely than the third one. But again, I think the third one is interesting. I think that's kind of an interesting concept. And it plays into my whole office buildings are creepy if there's nobody in them. Uh, Abandoned anything is creepy. Because you think, why did people leave this? Whenever I read books or stories about, like, you know, like Mary Celeste or whatever, where people go onto a boat and, like, it's totally empty and it's you can't use anything but your imagination. You know what? Actually, let me do a side story right here because this kind of plays into it. There's actually a story I was reading about the other day. Um, the the Sarah Joe. The Sarah Joe was a little boat um, back in the 1970s. Okay, 1979. I'm I, I'm not. I don't have an, a, a photographic memory. I got the article pulled up here. I'm sure you guys know how brilliant I am with me. Um, Knowing, uh, never mind, that joke failed. So, the uh, in 1979, these five dudes hopped on a fishing boat off of Hawaii, and they said, hey, we're going to go fishing. And a huge storm came. There's like 40-foot swells, and people are like, oh, no, that boat totally, like, sucks. It wasn't built for any sort of inclement weather. So, of course, the boat goes missing. They're like, send, they're like, people are walking along the beach looking for them. They can't go out to the ocean to find them. The storm's too big. They searched for him for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And they never found him. Now, fast forward about, what was it, 10 years. 10 years later, there are these uh, nerds from Hawaii doing some sort of uh, science thing. They're from the Western Pacific. This this is this totally sounds like a bunch of nerds hanging out here. Western Pacific, Western Pacific for the National Marine Fishery Service. That sounds that sounds pretty nerdy. Um, but anyway, so they're walking along this island and they find the boat. Oh oh, I should have said the boat was called the Sarah Joe. I don't think I said that in the beginning. So anyway, they're walking along this beach. They find this little uninhabited island. And it has like just like shrubs on it, maybe some trees. I'm looking off in the distance here. They find this boat. They find the Sarah Joe, and they're like, "Oh, oh wait, no, they didn't know. They didn't know about the boat. They're from something related." But anyways, they see the boat, and they're like, "Oh, it's from Hawaii, according to its license plate or whatever's on a boat." And then they saw a grave, and the grave had like a mandible. And it had a piece of paper and a little piece of tinfoil and a piece of paper and a little piece of tinfoil, a piece of paper, a little piece of tinfoil. And so they reported the findings and investigators came out to the island and there was five people on the boat. And the jawbone belonged to one of the guys. So the question to me is, you know, not just to me, everyone was wondering, where'd the other four people go? Did they make it onto the island and die and like just kind of (laughs) float away? 
where they killed during the initial storm and this guy was in the boat by himself for a month or two and and you know it was floating around for 10 years as far as they know because what happened was a previous team came on to the island before and didn't record that there was a boat there so it's just weird and yeah you think about like where, where what happened to the other four the most likely thing is that they got thrown off the boat and this dude was just floating on the boat for whatever reason. He didn't get thrown off the boat and he crash landed. I think it's possible that all five of them crashed on the island and one of them <laughs> one of them died who they buried and then the other four just went off and had like some jungle adventures and disip- like you know died off one by one. I would hate to die of old age in a cave. But if I was on an island and there was, like, fruits and stuff, I wouldn't mind dying of old age on an island, even a deserted island. You know, as much as I hate abandoned stuff, I think it's different being abandoned on an island because it's, like, half the worst stuff on an island's in the ocean. It can't really get you. Um, but, yeah, you know, and that always, whenever I think about people getting trapped on an island or in a cave, all those miners got trapped in that cave, You you think... How long would you have to be trapped on an island with three other guys before you started being gay with them? Like, I think that's the, that is a legitimate question. Like, at what point do you say, we're going to be, we're going to start having sex with each other? Like, the answer is not never. Whatever the answer is, it's not never. You could say... Well, and here's, you know you're not getting rescued. Like, maybe if you were only on an island for a week, it's not like I'm going to start hitting on you within a week. And then, like, a rescue plane shows up. But you know at a certain point you're not getting rescued. It's been two years. You're not getting rescued. You're going to start having gay sex. That's just, you can't, I, I people do it in prison. There's consensual gay sex in prison. I don't think it would be that long. I'm, again, I'm not saying don't go on a trip with me because the car might break down and we have to wait for AAA. I'm not saying that. But I think any man would attack. You, you're not going to say, oh, I'm never going to have sex again for the rest of my life. Think about it. Mull it over. Consider that. And we're going to move on to this last story, which I want to talk about quickly because I don't want these episodes to be too long. And so our friend from a couple episodes back is continuing his conspiracy theory about XXX10 Tacyon, who I'm going to call X from here on out because I always mispronounce his name. But we talked about this before. He thought that Ball Barith, oh, I, whatever. But he thought Ball Barith killed X. And so he's popped back up. I'm going to read this real quick. So initially, this is what he says. Initially, I believed X was killed by the Grand Pontiff of Hell, Ball Bareth. Bareth appears wearing red. X's killers were alleged to have been wearing red masks. On a horse, the killing was a drive-by. Bareth is the most powerful Monday evening and night. X was killed on Monday afternoon. And during the month of June, and according to Christian lore, Bareth is associated with murder and blasphemy. He also organizes packs with Satan. Consider- considering all this, and knowing X was open about his involvement in the occult and demonology, it was assumed he invoked Bareth in order to gain success and fame, only to have Bareth claim his soul early. Now, here's the thing. We've already arrested one of the guys associated with it. So, 
it's, you know, I think the idea of this being like a paranormal guy flown around, but he has more. However, this is again, don't th consider this as me, this is this guy posting. And this is where it goes way overboard. However, I evoked Barith, night of June 19th, in a full ritual using his sigil, candles, incense, and a black mare, and asked him if he did in fact kill X. He said no, but did concur X was killed for being into the occult and for being stupid with it. Spirit snatched his soul because he was nagging them too much. Legit occultists know you never get spirits to do your proverbial laundry because they will demand you worship them and fuck with you if you don't. And this is where he should call the cops because now he has evidence. Barith also showed me an image of the guys who gunned X down. Now, this is the description. I, I, I don't know. This might be a little off base. Dark black dudes, tall and skinny, saggy pants, one of them had grills, I think, and they were holding huge guns in front of their black car. He also showed me whom I believe to be another shitty rapper from Florida, Kodak Black, with the killers. But X and Kodak were friends. No idea how he's linked to any of this. So you called on a demon to get a description of some guys who killed a rapper, and the description was tall, dark black dudes with guns. I mean, he's a demon. Couldn't he have given you their email addresses? Couldn't he have, like, gate, you know, Skyped them into the, into the seance? This is ridiculous. And what I predicted is coming true to, in a point. Coming true in a point. Last time I said we're going to watch this conspiracy grow and it's just going to keep going. You know how I keep referencing that image that has all the conspiracy theories on it? This is po popping up on that now. People are trying to get... X's murder linked to demons on that big list. And then the list is fairly legitimate as is. But now you have this guy. He's come back. And his best evidence is, oh, you know what I did? I talked to the demon himself. The dark overlord. The person who torments souls forever. I asked him if he did it. And he said no. Case closed. I mean, this is ridiculous. I can understand Wanting to live in a fantasy world. We all want to live in a fantasy world in some degree. But I can also picture this 16-year-old kid wearing his mom's, like, big black trench coat. Why would the mom have a trench coat? Basically, he's dressed... I just imagine him in clothes that are way too big for his skinny little body. With a candle, a mirror, and some something scribbled with lipstick on his hand as he's evoking the spirit. And then he just imagines stuff. I do not think that the Grand Architect of Hell, or the Grand Pontiff of Hell, is coming to this kid so he can post on 4chan, of all places, that black dudes shot a rapper in Florida. This is ridiculous. However, I will give him credit, he's not asking for money right now, which is a lot different than a lot of the conspiracies we do cover. But, this is ridiculous. I do not think that anything that this guy is saying is legit, but it will grow into a real conspiracy. That is weird. That shows what's wrong with the conspiracy theory community. This is going to be just as legitimized as the today it was just revealed that the NSA has concrete high-rises in cities where they funnel all their information to process.
That is going to be, that is a legitimate conspiracy. That is a legitimate issue that's going on. And right next to it, it's going to be X was killed by Ball Barrett. Ridiculous. Well, I think that's going to be it for tonight's episode. I don't think we ran. No, no, we, we did pretty good on time. I want to thank everyone for downloading the episodes. We're actually exponentially getting bigger. The show is just getting more and more downloads each and every day. I really appreciate that. I do have a proper email address now. It's deadrabbitradio at gmail.com. We also have a YouTube channel. You can look um, at Dead Rabbit Radio. Right now, we're just posting... Um, we're just posting another version of these podcasts, but eventually we will be doing some video stuff and we'll let you know uh, when that happens. And, and I want whatever we do in video will still be released in podcast form. So if I am doing something where you can see me, see anyone I'm interviewing, the main thing is still going to be the podcast. That's the main thing for me. My computer can't really handle video processing right now, so that's why we're not doing that. But again, I love podcasting. I think it's great. I, I listen to it while I'm out walking and, and so on and so forth. So deadrabbitradio.com. I mean, sorry, deadrabbitradio at, at gmail.com if you want to get a hold of me. My Twitter, Twitter handle is um, at symbol, I don't know, um, Jason O. Carpenter if you want to hit me up on Twitter. That'd be great. Again, thanks for your downloads. Thanks for Thanks for all your support. I'm having a ton of fun doing this i hope to see you tomorrow i still don't have a sign off i'm afraid that my sign off is going to become i still don't have a sign off but we are through here today i will be back tomorrow with some brand new crazy weird news out of this crazy weird world have a great day So that was episode 13. The first thing I want to talk about, I kind of want to go in order here. In the beginning, I think of the first 40 episodes, I had this weird gimmick where the episodes were named something funny. Like this one. Uh, honestly, uh, probably three weeks was a joke that I made. We'll get to that. We'll get to that in a while. But honestly, probably three weeks. Originally, I was giving them funny names. Volcanoes and Talking Critters was the first episode. Um, some of them you could kind of figure out what the episode was about by the name. But like formerly Chucks, I think was the name of the uh, soy, sentient soy episode. And whatever. I mean, like, how are you ever going to guess that? I ditched that idea really early on. Like I said, 40 episodes in. Because I realized that when I'm going through... I don't know why I started doing that in the first place. I thought I was too clever by half. But I... F- thought that when I listen to podcasts that have a ton of episodes, see, I started to see pretty early on that this show was going to keep growing. I'm glad I put episode numbers in the beginning because that would have been a nightmare trying to direct people to certain episodes. But I figured out early on, not a couple weeks in, that when I'm listening to a podcast, a lot of times I won't listen to every episode. I'll scroll through and I'll see subjects that I'm interested in and I'll start to... Select them that way. So now I will have, and some some people have complained about this. If you look at my episodes, I'll have episodes called like the Crimson Dust of Madness. That's still kind of vague, but I think from the name of that episode, or like the Serial Killers Hiding in the Forest was another one I did recently. That gives you an idea of what the episode's about.
honestly, probably three weeks. You'd have no idea what the conspiracy theory was or if I was even going to talk about that. Was I just going to talk about stuff that happens in three weeks? You get an idea from the Crimson Dust of Madness. You go, oh, it probably has something to do with, uh, probably like, oh, it's a horror-based episode. That sounds spooky. The thing at the end of your bed. A lot of times the names are pretty evocative. And then sometimes I'll put keywords in, like, the Bigfoot who loved his mother. That's not an episode. Uh, Jamie, find find a story about Bigfoots who love their mothers so I can use that title. Sometimes they're a little more explanatory. I'll use the word alien or Bigfoot or ghost in the title to signify what that is. But you know when you listen to the serial killers who hide within the forest, you know that's probably a true crime story and it's probably spooky. Has something to do with forest? Honestly, probably three weeks. Um, Don't meth with the resistance was an early episode. You have no idea what that was about. So I'm glad I ditched that gimmick. And it's interesting because then I started going to titles that specifically said what it was. I think I went through like the crazy cryptid week shortly after I gave up this. And it was like the episode was called the the Abatwa. Or the episode was called the um, Groot Sling. But see, that doesn't help you either, because you're like, what is this? But you figure it's a monster or something like that. So the the titles have started to change, and this was an early example. You'd have no idea that this episode contained one of the most popular stories Dead Rabbit Radio has ever done. This still is in my top 10, every day, it is in my top 10 most watched YouTube videos, is the clip from this episode. It's funny because this episode is, while I think the information's good, it's not presented super well. Like, I gotta be self-critical. It sounds... I recorded it at night. Early on, I was doing a lot of recording at night. I still do a lot of recording at night, but I think I found my tone. I found my voice. That dude... That dude's ready to fall asleep. I joke about taking melatonin before the episode. This guy took the melatonin an hour before the episode and it's straight up kicking in. So I don't really like the... I think it picks up. It picks up once they start talking and that energy gets going. But I wasn't... I'm not a fan of that. That's the type of stuff that turns people off in the beginning. They're like, what? What is this guy taking a bunch of quaaludes and talking about ghosts? This was also back when I was clipping episodes. I don't do that anymore. It just takes so much time to go and clip it episodes in half and post the stories a lot of people find the show because of the clips so i know i'm missing out on new listeners but it takes an extra honestly two hours to do that i have to get rendering software i have to clip it and i just don't have that time maybe at some point i'll hire somebody to do that but i don't have the budget for it right now but i clipped this episode the only part of this episode that's available on youtube as far as i know is the michigan blue hell segment I think the XXX Sentation part is on there actually as well. I did a couple episodes on XXX Sentation, but the Michigan Blue Hell segment is my most viewed episode on YouTube. Every so often, like when I do an episode about Ellen DeGeneres or Adrenochrome, that spikes, but then it completely disappears because it's not clipped out. It's a half hour long segment. People listen to 30 seconds. They leave. This episode gets listened to all the time. A lot of people say, hey, I found your show because of Michigan Blue Hell. It hits those keywords. People are looking for stuff on the conspiracy theory iceberg. So when Godrilla recommended this episode, I go, yeah, it's a no-brainer. We'll do Michigan Blue Hell. I'm shocked how little I talk about Michigan Blue Hell in this episode. 
It's absolutely bizarre. It is a conspiracy theory that got so many people involved. To be fair, there's not much to the conspiracy theory. I think I kind of covered it that it could be a glitch in reality. It could be an ancient Native American deity, which I'd actually even forgotten that part of the conspiracy theory. So that was kind of cool to kind of re-listen to that. And then I started talking about the Sarah Joe, and then I proclaim that if we are ever lost together for three weeks, I'm going to turn gay. Like, what? What happened? Is that in the youth? Is that part in the YouTube episode? And I think it works, obviously, because I think Dead Rabbit Radio, it's not just about, here's a dry presentation of the facts. Some stories are like that, but it's here's uh, here's facts and here's jokes. And we I try to separate the two. Sometimes they get interweaved if I think it works well together. I don't want it to be waka, 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 Fonzie all the time. Not Fonzie, uh, Fozzie all the time. Fonzie's a... So I think it works. I don't know if that's in the YouTube segment, honestly. This might be the first time a lot of you guys are hearing the full Michigan Blue Hell episode. But it's such a pivotal episode. The XXX Tentacion segment, I love. I just love. And, and it's, I predicted it. It is on the Conspiracy Theory Iceberg now. Um, I just love the fact that this guy was saying all of this stuff and I was just making fun of it. Like, to me... I, that's one of the things I love about Dead Rabbit Radio. I love the deep investigative stuff where I'm going through internet archives and looking for stuff on Michigan Blue Hell, a very famous iceberg conspiracy theory. And then I love just talking about a guy who met a demon named Ball Barreth who showed him a photo of two black dudes with guns who killed a rapper. Um, I think, and that's what I think is interesting about this episode. You have a, don't mean to pat myself on the back, but the story, you have like the investigative story and then you have the funny story. And I'm not saying that X getting killed was funny, but that guy's reaction to it. But I called it. It is on the Conspiracy Theory Iceberg, on the new icebergs that are on there. This is also a very pivotal episode when we look at the overall story of Dead Rabbit Radio. It's the birth of the email. It's the I think it's the first episode where we have... This is where I go, I gotta get my own email for this show. We're 13 episodes in. We're doing... It's only like week two. But at first I was kind of like, oh, I don't know. I don't know how this is gonna turn out. But we were getting people to listen. And I was having fun doing it. So this is the first time we had the email. And I mentioned, hey, I'm going to start. I think I mentioned I set up a YouTube channel or I'm going to set up a YouTube channel. This is one of the first videos. And when I say it's the most viewed, it's not, again, because it was one of the first. Every week it's in the top 10. Every Everything else shifts back and forth. But this one is always like top one, top two. People are always finding this. So I'm so glad that I did clip this one. I hope you guys are entertained by it. It's actually, again, before the sign-off. I go, I don't know what my sign-off is going to be. And now I fa- I created my sign-off because people were saying, hey, man, I can't listen to your show all the time. And I remember I turned to my buddy Kyle and I go, you don't have to listen every day. And I was like, that sh- that's that's it. That's the sign-off. Because that's true. I don't want people to feel obligated to listen to the show. I listen to it every day. Because I work on it. And then I don't listen to it for months or th- in this case, almost two years since I've listened to this episode. So Godrilla, really good choice. I really enjoyed listening to this episode. It's a pivotal episode. It's the king of the YouTube episodes. I do have to say, when I was re-listening to it, I go, I think it would be longer than three weeks. That was my takeaway from the whole thing. I go, three weeks is actually quite short. A year, maybe. Okay, maybe not a year. (laughs) Maybe in between three weeks and a year. But again, that does not mean don't go on a road trip with me. We would have a lot of fun. And I would not become gay at any point. Okay. But again, that does not mean don't not go on a road trip with me because that'd probably be a lot of fun. 
deadrabbitradio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You know the rigmarole. Hey, we're going to do this again with tomorrow's bonus episode. I hope you guys join me then. Have a great one, guys. I'll see you soon.